This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We take our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank. Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Oshner Lafayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Oshner Lafayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities, and being further committed to health and wellness. Oshner Lafayette General, together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Today, we welcome Dr. Vincent June, Chancellor of South Louisiana Community College. Dr. June provides oversight for all academic and operational functions of SLCC's nine campuses located in eight parishes. They serve more than 17,000 students annually. Before joining SLCC, Dr. June served diverse communities in public higher education for over two decades, including Florida Gulf Coast University, Florida A&M University, and Georgia Perimeter College. He earned a degree in business and economics from Florida A&M University and an MBA and PhD in educational leadership from Washington State University. Dr. Vincent June, it's a pleasure to welcome you to Discover Lafayette. Thank you for having me. It's a fantastic opportunity to be in your presence as well as to talk about South Louisiana Community College and the wonderful institution that it is. You're a bright light in our community. And I wanted to have this opportunity. I know you've done a lot of interviews, but the good thing about a podcast is you can just let things unfold and we can get to know the person behind that position. So maybe if you can tell us about your background and how you ended up in education especially and then coming to SLCC. Absolutely. You know, oftentimes you don't have a, a, a blueprint or a prescript uh, map in terms of how do you go from A to Z, right? But, you know, my background is a very interesting background. Um, I was born and raised um, in a little small town called Belglade, Florida, um, located near Lake Okeechobee. Um, it is the western part of Palm Beach County, um, primarily agriculture in nature, sugarcane, corn, beans, celery, um, green, um, um, oranges, um, tangerine, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fishing. And so, um, and one stoplight. (laughs) One stoplight because everything else was fields. Yes. It's, it it is really reminiscent of some of the the parishes here, um, Mm -hmm. in the Acadiana region. It is truly rural, um, in nature, but I had the best childhood, um, and was able to do a lot of outdoor um, adventures Gosh. Um, growing up in a, sm- a small town like that. And right. so, yeah. 
So then you, you grew up there. Where was high school? Like, did you have to, was it a far distance? Were you like Lincoln, you know? It was to- <laughs> 2.5 miles to be exact. 2.5 miles. Yeah. yeah. My, the local elementary school was uh, in my hometown and the middle school and the high school, we had to be bused about 2.5 miles mm-hmm. um, to um, both, both institutions. Okay. Um, but yeah. So when you went to college, what were you thinking? Did you have any idea at all by that point? I did. You know, fortunate for me, I'm not first generation in college. Uh, my grandmother uh, was a school teacher um, and an adult ed um, teacher as well. Um, the interesting story behind that is she's uh, originally from Tallahassee, Florida, one of 13 kids. And they all went to Florida and m University. As a matter of fact, our family house is located right near the, the pharmacy school um, in Tallahassee. And my grandmother, upon graduation, she took a teaching job um, down in West Palm Beach, uh, in Palm Beach County, um, as a school teacher. And she met my grandfather, who happened to be a supervisor um, with a, a Jamaican corporation. They would come over um, um, annually or seasonally, if you will, mm-hmm. to cut sugarcane. And part of that contract was that they would... Um, uh, pursue adult education at night after they oh. worked. And so that's how my grandmother met my grandfather and the rest is history. Gosh, you had yeah. a really strong family unit that you were growing up in. Absolutely. I'm a Jamaican background and um, my mother um, and my aunt, and three girls, um, um, grew up in that rural environment as well. And uh, interestingly enough, um, I'm a product of a single parent home. Um, my mother and father had me when they were in college. And uh, my grandparents raised us. And um, I didn't start staying with my parents until um, fourth, fifth grade um, because we're a very tight niche, niche right. family. We're in a very stable environment. Right. And education was always a priority in our home. And all of us knew that we wanted to go off to college. It wasn't a matter of what college it, it, uh, or when, it was just choosing, right. choosing the college. So, yeah. Right. Gosh. So are, is your family still in Florida? My family, are, they're still in Florida. My mm-hmm. mother lives over in Wellington. She's a retired um, school principal. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandparents passed away back in 97 and 98. Uh, my, my father was a, a coach um, and an elementary school teacher, and he passed away in 2005 mm-hmm. um, with prostate cancer. And so, yeah, I come from a, a background of educators. Right. So you studied business and economics first. And then it looks like you went on the track for educational mm-hmm. leadership. So back then, I don't know the community college system in Florida mm-hmm. or even Washington State for that mm-hmm. matter. But was this something that you knew was a, a, a good career path? Or what were you thinking when you pursued I that? stumbled on it, to be honest with you. I stumbled on it. I had gone off to... Um, I had gone off to Howard University in Washington, D.C. for two um, kind of pre-collegiate summer institutes for students that were interested in um, dentistry. And I initially went to Florida and I'm as a biology major with the intent of going to dental school. Um, I was accepted to Howard University as my first choice institution. And uh, Florida State was my second choice. And Florida and was my third choice. And... Um, I got a full ride at Howard University. Unfortunately, um, they had run out of housing and wanted me to stay off oh. campus, and my parents said no. So Florida, I had to go with my second choice. Um, and so I met this wonderful uh, professor. Uh, I was taking economics, and I loved economics. And um, long story short, I let him talk me into changing my major, and I switched my major from biology to economics and Spanish oh, okay. uh, with the intent of doing an MBA. 
and uh, the rest is history. That's exciting, yeah. gosh. <laughs> so let's let's jump forward. You've you've been working now um, for over two decades in public higher education. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine a more fulfilling career path. You're impacting so many people, and it's not just young people. They're all ages. Mm-hmm. In higher education, so if you want to talk about that, if you know, yes, share, is, share what you do. It's extremely gratifying um, to be able to make an impact. Um, if the walls could talk, there's a narrative for every um, student uh, of every age, um, every color, every ability uh, that I've come into contact with, and because I was a product of a village, it made it even more fulfilling for me. Um, um, the four-year side was very attractive to me. I started as an RA when I was an undergrad and um, and then went off to graduate school. I was on a teaching assistantship mm-hmm. and then I moved on into a research assistantship and then I became uh, a director for housing, for graduate housing. And I realized then in those roles, you are an advisor, yeah. um, you're a counselor, um, you are a financial aid expert. You're all things. Mm-hmm. And, I and realized, family, when yeah, they need your it. family. Yeah. And I realized I was making a significant difference. Mm-hmm. And then I chose, at that moment in time, I chose higher education as a career. Um, there's just so many different avenues in higher ed. Um, you don't get bored. There are many um, aspects um, of the of the spectrum of higher education. Mm-hmm. And I moved around in quite a bit of different areas of higher education, from housing to student life, to student development, to financial aid, admissions, enrollment services. I mean, you name it. And um, it was, has been very fulfilling. Um, right. And um, I eventually made a decision, um, maybe 10 years, 15 years later, um, having gone to a transfer liberal arts institution in Georgia, um, that I really, really believed in and really embraced the access mission of the community college. Um, it is just so much more um, rich in terms of, of the mission mm-hmm. and the depth um, and the exposure to so many different levels of, of student types. Right. Yeah. You know, looking back on my understanding of education, when I was coming up in the 70s, I started LSU um, in the middle 70s. You know, first, people hadn't really gone to college. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Louisiana. And then the whole big push was go to a four-year institution. But when I would travel to other states like Texas or whatever, the community college system was the place to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the entry level for so many people just because. It Mm -hmm. was like right there. It was not looked at any differently than the the four-year college system. And I always saw... People from all walks of life can do that. And it was everybody. And then sometimes they transfer to mm-hmm. four years, sometimes not. But it seems like in Louisiana, it took a while for that understanding to come full force. Mm-hmm. And I believe we're there now mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people are questioning for many reasons, do I need a four-year diploma? Whether it's money or just maybe... Even if I graduate in liberal arts, I, I still don't really, I, I'm educated, right. but I may not have skills that can let me sit down the first day on the job and, and know what to do. Absolutely. And so if you can touch on that, because that's what I think is beautiful about the community college system. Right. You're absolutely correct. And that, you know, the way that I like to frame um, the, the, the community college, the comprehensive community college, is that there's an avenue for everyone. Um, when you think about... Um, those individuals who don't have a high school diploma, uh, there's an avenue for them. And then when you think about those individuals who really, at the end of the day, want to take up a career technical 
um, background and really want to go to work and make a difference, there's an avenue for them. And then obviously you have those that, you know, want to pursue an associate's degree um, and then later transfer at some point to complete a bachelor's degree and go on, then there's a track for them. And I think that's the beauty of the Comprehensive Community College. I like to refer to those different tracks as learning options, mm-hmm. right? And then from those different tracks, those different phases of those learning options, they can continue to move up. When, they, when the time is right, when there's a best fit, um, and depending on the uniqueness of their family situation, exactly. they're able to make that decision. And I think that's the beauty of the Comprehensive Community College. I remember your predecessor, Dr. Natalie Harder, told me that you know, the, the average community college student, at least in SLCC, might be around... 27? Is that, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still accurate, but it's not to it. what you would think. It's mm-hmm. people that are working and mm-hmm. uh, trying to better their lives mm-hmm. in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the, 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 the age is pretty much in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still have a lot of adult learners um, who are that adult age population um, who are still trying to figure out what they want to be when they grow up. Um, <laughs> when do we grow up, though? Yeah, right. And, you know, with the way that trends and things are happening so fast, mm-hmm. um, particularly in industry, um, and I think COVID had certainly exposed a lot. Yes. Um, people are having to make career, um, career changes. Um, and what does that look like? You know, trying to raise a family, trying to work full-time or part-time, um, being a single mom, single dad, um, you know, being low income, being low, you know, first generation, you know, what does that look like? And I think that's the beauty of the of the community college mission is that we're able to help people identify and define those those options. Right. I've been reading with interest about the great resignation. So many people that were forced to sit out of the, the workforce mm-hmm. for months or even over a year really did dig deep and go, what, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to a job that was Maybe lower pay, or maybe even just as importantly, not what they enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to examine their lives. Mm-hmm. And so I I don't know if y'all are seeing that yet, but I can really imagine there's going to be a big push for, for different education, different oh, yeah. higher education. Absolutely. And, you know, and we were, uh, I was talking to a couple of uh, colleagues last week, and the interesting dynamic that we're seeing is that we have a lot of folks who are pursuing career in, the career and technical track um, mm-hmm. and are... Um, you know, in anywhere between, you know, an eight-week program to a 12-month or 18-month program. And then they're going off and they're making 60, 70, 89 a year. Wow. Um, <laughs> with, in, in the career and technical area. And they're making more money uh, than individuals who have a bachelor's degree and a master's mm-hmm. degree. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, re- the reality of the matter is we need folks in the, the career and technical area. I mean, this, yeah. you know, this environment can't survive, you know, um, uh, without that, that skill set and that and that level mm-hmm. of expertise, and so it's not always about uh, the four year degree. You know, um, I really didn't even think about the community college mission until about ten to fifteen years after I had worked in higher ed- education. I missed that mark. While I certainly was able to uh, pick up a couple college credits uh, before going off off to college, the conversation around the community college was not um, on the forefront. Right. It really was not. Right. Yeah. It's beautiful. Gosh. I want to talk in depth about what SLCC offers and your mission. First, if we may, it's kind of a nice breaking point to pause and reflect back on an interview we did with Dr. Holly Bofi. Now, she is District 7 member of the Louisiana Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, which we call Bessie. She's also dedicated her professional life 
to seeing that, in her case, children, but that everyone have access to educational opportunities that will result in a successful life. You can hear her interview and others at discoverlafayette.net. And this moment is brought to us by Kurgan Brothers Sonic. Sonic is your ultimate drink stop with more than, this is incredible to me, 1.3 million <laughs> drink combinations, including limeades, frozen drinks, lemonades, and my favorite, the cherry limeade. <laughs> it's fun to go during happy hour every day from 2 to 4, and you can get half-priced drinks and slushes. And while you're there, we encourage you to check out the spicy Raging Cajun cheeseburger, which is available through the end of the year. And now, the moment. When I graduated from Abbeville High and went to USL, a number of my classmates were in remedial courses. And so that's, that is an indication that we weren't being successful with secondary education, that once you get the piece of paper, it should mean that you're ready and you'll be successful at the next level. And that's what we're continuing to do. We have another goal to support every graduate to have the funding they need to continue their education. So some hot off the press news is that we are number one in the country in FAFSA completion. So that is the federal application mm -hmm. for student financial oh, yeah. aid. Very important. And so we are number one in, in the country with completion of FAFSA. And that's because Bessie, our board, has created a policy that it is a graduation requirement. Mm -hmm. We expect students to, we expect schools to support students in getting this documentation completed because that is going to help fund their next step in life. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with Dr. Vincent June, Chancellor of South Louisiana Community College. All right, 17,000 people annually, campuses all over. Right. I mean, this is a huge territory for SLCC. Yes. Yeah. I mean, are you on the highway all the time? How do you manage all this? You know, um, making a transition from being the chief academic and student affairs officer to now the, the CEO of the college, if you will, um, um, I was able to bring and leverage some experience with me being in that role um, because the campus directors who manage each of the campuses that are under the umbrella of SOCC reported to me um, in that capacity for roughly four mm -hmm. years. And so, you know, being on those campuses, being in the communities, connecting with business and industry partners, you know, having relationships with the K through 12 system because of being the chief academic officer, just, you know, just all played, you know, well together, if you will, in this new role. But I think even more importantly, being able to go out and to connect with individuals that I would not have had the luxury of, of connecting with in my previous role um, has really added value, additional value um, and importance to me trying to lead this institution um, that does serve over 17,000 students in a, a different um, direction. We're having to reimagine SOCC, if you will, not just because of COVID, but because of just shifts um, and changes uh, and, and various trends, educational trends and business trends mm -hmm. that allows us to stay relevant. And so that's the exciting part. Um, not only do we have that mission and that charge, but K-12 um, and other business partners also have a strategic mission to be able to make that direct impact as well. So right. it's just one big, you know, strategic uh, planning movement, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, in terms of, you know, being able to make that type of impact. So you're really looking at what the industry, like our local industry in South Louisiana, Southwest, 
what are they needing and trying to pivot to, to offer those programs. Absolutely. I had uh, the opportunity to do a tour recently with Lana Fontenot and, um, of SLCC, and I enjoyed so much just seeing what the nursing students are offered. But there's so many different curricula mm-hmm. that if people look at your website, is it S-O-L, what, what is the website? S-O-L-A-C-C S-O-L-A-C-C.edu. When you look at the number of fields that are offered, it's incredible. And I know depending on where, what campus people go to, there are different things offered. Some have more business administration. I know in St. Mary Parish, it's more marine industries, and there are different things for different industries in those towns, mm-hmm. if you want to maybe touch on some of that. Yeah, so that's a, that's the beauty of it. And in, in, in fact, we are having to um, engage in a new strategic planning uh, exercise as well as a college blueprint exercise as well, where we are looking at where we need to potentially expand um, some of our programs, but also, too, looking at where we're missing the mark in terms of adding programs um, that are important and that are relevant um, in, in, in meeting industry, uh, business and industry um, needs as well. And so when you look at the um, the nine the eight campuses that we have, or the nine campuses that we have in eight parishes, um, it varies depending on the program, whether it's welding. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's nursing, our uh, practical nursing program, um, whether it is our general studies program, uh, our HVAC, our automotive program, um, we are having to um, look at where there's a high demand. And mm-hmm. so we're exploring um, those aspects right now. We're looking at expanding our culinary program in the St. Landry Parish area. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. we're very, very, very excited about mm-hmm. that. Um, we are looking at expanding our CDL program. Um, as you probably know, um, there is a huge demand um, for truck drivers, um, so much so um, that there are a lot of um, legislative conversation as well as grant opportunities um, to assist in expanding um, um the commercial driving license program, even our power alignment program. And so we are, you know, t- taking that data very mm-hmm. seriously and, and looking at adding that program over in our St. Martin and New Iberia area right. um, as well, because there's such a high demand uh, for um, HVAC. You know, we're, yeah. in, we're in South Louisiana. It's right. hot. And electricians. Oh my I mean, God. just so many different uh, types of trades. There's a shortage. And yeah. so we're having to meet those demands. And so we're scaling up. Uh, in that regard, we're even looking at you know how we offer our programs. Um, we're looking at evening programs mm-hmm. um, so that we're able to com- uh, accommodate those yeah. who are not able to come between eight and three, but maybe mm-hmm. looking at evenings be- between three thirty and uh, five. Looking at weekend programs, so we're having to test um, and pilot some some things in order to be able to meet that demand. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a you know a nursing shortage. Yeah. Um, and so we have launched some very creative programs with uh, a bridge program for um, practical nursing to RN. We did that very successfully in our St. Landry Parish area. And so we've had several conversations recently in three other mm-hmm. parishes about expanding that program um, as well. So it's real time for us. Right. Yeah. What I was interested in, too, is not everything is about a two-year associate's degree. Mm-hmm. You're talking about some of these trades. Some people come in just to get industry certification, right? There's mm-hmm. no degree per se, but they are getting accredited mm-hmm. to either get a job or maybe keep their job as, mm-hmm. as uh, regulations change in their industry. Mm-hmm. So people show up sometimes for short courses. Short-term training. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have an area of, of a college called um, Workforce and Corporate College. Mm-hmm. And in that particular area, we have business developers um, that really go out and seek 
opportunities and have conversations with business and industry um, about what their needs are. Um, oftentimes we have companies that come directly um, to us and they say, hey, we need to skill up um, our workers in order to ensure that we are, you know, are in real time, you know, meeting certain types of uh, types of needs. Um, we have to upskill um, as well. And then there are unique areas where we, to your point, we create short-term training programs that could range from four to six to eight weeks uh, that allow folks to be able to get uh, um, a certificate um, that is necessary depending on what, what area of industry we're talking about. And so that's the beauty and the flexibility that comes with, with workforce mm-hmm. and corporate college. So for all of us, sometimes financial needs come into play. Not everybody just has money in the bank where they mm-hmm. can go to school. Mm-hmm. So um, if you can touch on that, you know, first, I guess, maybe with TOPS for kids coming out of high school, but then also, there are grants, and I know there's a plethora of scholarships that SLCC offers mm-hmm. through the generous help of others. So if you can talk about the financial piece. Yeah, so the, 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 the funding piece is always probably one of the most important pieces. Mm-hmm. And so in our scholarship area, we have just done, the SLCC Foundation has just done an incredible job um, raising money for scholarships. Um, that impact a variety of different programs that we offer um, over the last four to five years. You know, the scholarship area area has continuously grown, um, and without those scholarships, you know, mm-hmm. particularly when we hear our student testimonials, um, we are changing lives. Right. Uh, we're impacting lives. We're changing lives, um, and we're pushing people across the finish line. And that's that's the beauty um, that the scholarships bring to the table. The other piece is that you know we have had particularly since COVID, we've had a plethora of, of funding sources that have come through, you know, our reboot initiative uh, through, this, um, through the state. Uh, we've had funding that have come through WIOA. Uh, we actually manage um, the one-stop uh, operator um, through that particular grant, um, the Workforce Innovative Opportunity uh, Act, and students are eligible to um, receive funding through WIOA. Uh, we have had... Um, Funding that has come through um, specialized um, program programmatic pieces mm-hmm. um, that have really allowed us to channel into a particular program um, that has added value to the conversation around that. And then, of course, uh, most recently, um, Dr. Monty Sullivan, our system president, he has advocated and worked with um, various stakeholders and legislators um, to create the um, the Michael Foster Promise Program. That's 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 coming our way starting next fall. What is that? Um, that particular um, promise program um, targets uh, adult learners. Okay. Um, Not right and, out of high school. Yeah. No, just adult learners um, starting at the age of 19. Up. Okay. Because TOPS is like you have to do it within a certain time well, you have, of graduating. Right. So you have yeah. TOPS, a regular TOPS for high school students. You have TOPS Tech yeah. um, with uh, an emphasis on career and technical education. Well, the, the Michael J. F- um, Foster Promise Program does the same thing, but it's for adult learners, and it's primarily career and technical education. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's coming on the pipeline, and that's on the table right now, is conversations around Second Chance Pell, Justice Pell, Pell Workforce Pell. Mm-hmm. So you have all these different initiatives that are on the table, um, and if those materialize, then those are added levels of free funding oh, through the wow. U.S. Department of Education. That's that's similar to your, your, your regular Pell mm-hmm. that you get through the U.S. Department of Education, but 
the the areas that it will focus on is primarily um, workforce in, in nature, mm-hmm. because we've never been able to get funding for work for workforce, particularly for anything that's that shy of a that shy of a, a technical diploma. Right. And so now we'll have that flexibility to be able to offer workforce pay in that regard. So the income levels for people that might be interested in this information, they're. I guess within a certain uh, income range, you qualify for these types absolutely, of grants. Absolutely, and the beauty for us is that over seventy-eight um, percent of our students are already on some form of financial aid. So what that means is that typically, you know, given these added funding sources that mm-hmm. I just mentioned, that many of our students will qualify for those programs. Right. Yeah. I also read that um, as I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but the one point one six million dollar federal grant, you're looking, and that was awarded through the U.S. Department of Education, to reach out to um, offer underserved populations within our region, primarily St. Martin, Iberia, and St. Mary Parishes. Mm -hmm. It just began this month. So not only do people come to you, but you're trying to reach out to let them know, hey, we're open and we, we welcome you. Yeah, you know? yeah. The, the beauty, what you're referring to is our Educational Opportunity Center grant that we just recently received mm-hmm. um, in August from the U.S. Department of Education. Uh, it is one of six um, federal TRIO programs, um, and it is SOCC's first TRIO program. So we're oh, very, very excited about that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, our intent uh, and what actually drove us to submit application uh, for this grant is because when we created... Um, parish profiles for each parish that SOCC serves, we realize that we have a very large adult population that are basically missing um, credentials mm-hmm. um, in the area of uh, high school diploma. Some of them don't have a high school diploma. Some some of them have high school but haven't completed it. Some of them have a high school diploma but don't have any other credentials after that, a bachelor's degree or what have you. And when we saw the numbers, they were staggering. And so we went after this federal program with the intent of actually getting two of them. So we wrote one that we called the Southern Educational Opportunity Center that would cover um, St. Mary, mm-hmm. um, Iberia, and St. Martin um, parishes. And then we wrote the Northern one, which would have covered the Evangeline uh, Evangeline, St. Landry, and uh, Acadia Parish. Mm-hmm. And so we did receive um, the Southern Educational Opportunity Center, and the data was much richer in that area. Right. The beauty of that grant is that it will allow us to primarily um, have conversations with adult age um, um, prospective students um, and help them to navigate the various tracks that I mentioned earlier that falls in the area of you know a high school equivalency, mm-hmm. um, a career and technical a track, uh, an associate's track, or even those that have an associate's degree but don't have a, a bachelor's degree. So we'll, we will be able to na- help them to navigate those learning options, point them in the right direction, give them the right resources. And we've been able to do that by identifying early on partnerships um, where we're able to um, to tie in and to elevate uh, our reach, if you will, through those partnerships. Our intent is also to use our mobile unit. We have invested um, a couple hundred thousand dollars in uh, our current mobile unit, but also we've taken advantage of a funding source through the Board of Regents to purchase another uh, mobile unit. And uh-huh. so our intent primarily is a rural population. We plan on going directly into those, right. those communities. Um, and so we will be on the road, if you will, um, it's very sophisticated. We have computer access, Wi-Fi, uh, computer stations, 
Um, it is it's just state of the art. And so we're very excited because we plan to go to those communities um, and um, to make a difference in, in, in terms of giving them the options that they need. I'm curious, do some people feel like if they, they didn't finish high school, are there a lot of barriers in getting people to even consider, like, do they, does some people just feel like, I just can't do it, I can't Absolutely. cut it? You know, that's got to be the biggest thing is that emotional barrier, because you're there offering help, but they mm-hmm. still have to step up. Mm-hmm. It's intimidating, first of I, all. I know. You know, and so, you know, we've been having conversations internally at SOCC of how to reframe, you know, this whole narrative about college, right? I think when people hear the word college, it, it's intimidating, right? And so we've been having conversations about, you know, making a frame of reference around learning options, right? So career options. Um, and I think that's the flexibility and the beauty that SOCC is able to um, to be part of a game changer, if you will. And I think when you approach it from that angle and you're able to have conversations with individuals about whether they see themselves, you know, what are you excited about? Um, tell me about your background. Mm-hmm. And I think if we are able to have those types of conversation and then talk about, you know, learning options that are available, I think will have more of an impact. Because to your point, you know, it, 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 it's, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's For many, it's scary because people are trying yes. to figure out, where do I begin? And how do um, I juggle everything? How do I juggle yeah. everything? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a single mom. I got three kids. Is, is it possible for me to do this? Uh, can, I, can I afford it? You know, what about daycare? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's where we, I, I think that's where we make a difference by identifying all these different resources. So going after federal programs like EOC, um, tapping into Reboot, you know, taking advantage of the, the MJ Foster Promise Program, um, taking advantage and showing students how to access scholarships, all of those resources are part of the ingredients. Yeah. Each each student, each person matters. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about SLCC. I'm very proud to say that I, I know you just found out for the second year in a row, SLCC has been named a top 100 community college by the Aspen Institute. Yeah. Now, that's out of one out of 150 that were recognized, but there are I mean, there's over a thousand community colleges yes. nationally to be awarded this recognition. I know it's a foot in the door. They, it's a two-year process, I guess, mm-hmm. to be interviewed and see who's going to be the top school. But what a huge honor! It, it is, particularly given you know the last two years, uh, the last year and a half, exactly. particularly. Um, um, we were very excited. Um, I particularly was jumping up and down like a little kid. Um, you know, obviously we are not a perfect institution, but we have made significant strides. We continue to be innovative. Uh, we continue to be creative. Uh, we continue to bring the right people um, on board as part of our team. We continue to connect with the right business partners who believe in our mission and, you know, want to coexist and to collaborate with us mm-hmm. uh, on a number of uh, different initiatives in order to make the impact that we can make, uh, particularly in the Acadiana region. And I think it's all of those great things that, mm-hmm. you know, have given us this honor, if you will. Um, we still have to, you know, obviously jump some additional hurdles uh, with submitting our application and collecting some additional data. Um, but to receive the top honor and to potentially 
um, receive a $1 million award would do us great because I think we would then have additional resources to continue with all those other resources that I talked to you right. about earlier um, to make an impact um, in our in our yeah. region. Well, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. I mean, your whole team, and we're here with Lana Fontenot, um, and I'm honored to serve on your SLCC Foundation Board, but I'm so proud to be associated with you, and I'm so proud that we have this resource in our community and in the parishes surrounding Lafayette, it's it's just a, it's a prize that we should celebrate, and I, I celebrate Absolutely. your success with you. Absolutely, it's a jewel, is what I refer to it as. It's a jewel. Uh, it is not a perfect jewel, and that's why we continue to have these types of conversations. Um, that's why we continue to engage in strategic planning. Um, our, our, our motto, our theme this year is reimagining SOCC. So we're trying to take things to a whole nother level so that, you know, uh, we remain relevant um, in the community and we're able to make the impact that is necessary. Um, and that it requires a team of visionaries. And we have those individuals on our team. We have those individuals in the community that are excited about, you know, what SOCs can, can do. And we're investing in ourselves. We're um, about to embark on a rebranding exercise, which I'm ex totally excited about. Um, it is going to impact us in ways that you can only imagine. And I think finally, it will allow us to be able to, you know, to be that consistent um um, that consistent vision, if you will, right. um, for the community where we're all looking through the same lens. So I'm right. extremely excited about that. Well, Dr. Vincent June, Chancellor of South Louisiana Community College, thank you for your service and your kindness. You're you're a pleasure to, to be around. Um, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'd like to thank our listeners, too. Thank you for continuing to, to support Discover Lafayette. And along those lines, I couldn't do this without our, our generous sponsors. First, Iberia Bank which is now a part of the First Horizon family. Oxner, Lafayette General. Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound professional. And of course, Kurgan Brothers Sonic. Thank you all. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift. 